has finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That really goes in up for three points. Manchester City is still alive here. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Bolt from the Blue podcast. Manchester City 5, Burnley nil, and I've got two likely lads here to discuss this game with me. First of all, Walter Smith. Walter, how are you? I'm very well indeed. It uh, looks like we're going to have snow, snow, snow uh, here in Manchester, so it could be uh, an exciting few days. So, fortunately, I'll get to bunker down and watch the game tomorrow night. Uh-huh. And we also have none other than Man City Fan TV. Ray, Ray, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Mike. Uh, the, the thought of the snow is worrying me. Uh, if I can't get my kids to school, I've got to look after them all day long. That's not a pleasurable uh, prospect. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, a uh, vote of uh, confidence there for young, young dads everywhere. Walter, what do you think about our FA Cup draw at home to either Middlesbrough or Newport? Well, it's all so much start. I was laughing my head off. Um, I was watching the one show of all things. It's the only ever time I watched the one show because it is utter shite. It's just like uh, a ladies' magazine on the telly. So I very rarely tune in. It's the only time I do. And uh, I was like the cross trainer on the gym. And it was the perfect draw for us. There's only three teams, I think, are capable of winning it who are still in it. And two of them drew each other, so happy days there. So that brings it down to one, as it were, or one coming out of that group. So it's the perfect draw for us in every way, shape, or form. People say, you know, you've got to win a competition, you've got to beat the best. But, you know, you don't want to be playing the big teams until you have to. You know, you want to give yourself the best percentage chances, and the best percentage chances of uh, doing it are playing the. Uh, the minnows, none. You know, I was happy when we drew Wigan last year, so <laughs> maybe it'll all backfire, you know. Ray, are you secretly hoping that we get Middlesbrough so that we can get revenge for Sven and do them 8 1? But Middlesbrough, if you remember, if you, it's not uh, that long ago since didn't they beat us in the FA Cup at, at uh, the Etihad? Was it two 0 or summer? Or uh, I, I try and put those defeats to uh, lesser clubs out of my mind. Um, it's, it's quite funny going onto social media uh, once the draw was made, and you've got Liverpool fans. Yes, Liverpool fans complaining that City have got an easy draw and that we're we're buying the FA and everything else. Yeah, I mean, social media has been pretty uh, funny tonight, Walter. I just saw an article posted up uh, by the the Daily Mail in which uh, it was revealed that uh, Liverpool fans are trading last game of the season tickets for 6,000 quid because they see that as their uh, the coronation game. What do you think about that? <laughs> Number one, Mike, never, ever, rule number one, never, ever read the Daily Mail. It's utter, utter hateful shite, and I hate it. I absolutely hate the Daily Mail. Just popped up on my Twitter feed, actually. No, 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 I appreciate that, but I'm just getting it out there. The Daily Mail is just, just hate-filled. Yeah, but I mean, stories like that always come up. You know, um, when we could have won, well, when we could have won, what are we on about? When we did win, when we did win, you know, against QPR, you could have, you'd have got a king's ransom for your ticket because you know we hadn't done it in so long 
Um, yes, you probably would have ended up needing some kind of a visit to the hospital with heart palpitations at the end of the game, but that's neither here nor there. It's uh, Mike, it's in the Daily Mail, so it's shy. I, I wouldn't <laughs> believe it. You know, and how many fans are going to be coming out with six grand? You know, it's what will happen is one guy on eBay will put up a story saying, I'm selling my ticket for six grand, and then all of a sudden the Daily Mail, you know, the, the Raheem persecutor will be coming up with some nonsense. So, no, don't believe it, and I just think it's uh, a head Headline grabbing nonsense by them. It's actually, it's actually on Viagogo. Viagogo is selling two tickets for twelve grand. Is that right? So mm. it's it is ridiculous. But, but that is, and I'm I'm actually going to say I'm glad City have uh, got rid of Viagogo because they they were just making money off um, of fans who wanted to go to games with their charges. And you know, you at least now you're paying face value for tickets rather than I remember some tickets were going for ninety or a hundred quid. Um, tickets that were like fifty quid. So at least we've got a better a better system now and we've got rid of these uh, parasites uh, from our club okay guys well let's get on to the game uh walter kdb is back is he not did he dominate this game or what you could tell from the i mean the ball of the game was the uh, that first ball through there's no way through it's like um do you know when you somebody plays chess and then they just pick up the bishop from one side and you can just see them sliding it all the way across the board through every single piece and landing it in a checkmate position that nobody saw coming. That was Kevin De Bruyne for the Burnley defence. And that first ball to Gabby Jesus, oh, it was the stuff of dreams. You know, Gabby Jesus could either bag that one. It was almost up there uh, with the um, the Stoke assist that he put in last year. This was this is this is a player that's we talk about finding his rhythm. Oh my word, he's on the discotheque floor now. Seventies boogie tunes and them hips are swiveling. This is a guy <laughs> who just seems to be on it completely. And long may it continue. If he finish, if he continues in that form. I, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd just have my head in my hands thinking, shit, you know, this is this is not what they want to say. It's nobody apart from City fans. People who appreciate good football, by the way. Somebody, but Anybody with a vested interest uh, in winning the league certainly doesn't want Kevin De Bruyne in this form. Amazing. Yeah, Ray, in the 13th minute, he whipped in a stunning, fizzing cross in. And Gabby Jesus just failed to get a touch. Two minutes later, a slide rule pass through to Walker Bernardo Silva hit the keeper absolutely fabulous performance through him he was doing that throughout the game at Ray doing what uh, Walter says is firing it in into the the tunnel of chaos the whole time he's fabulous he's really back on form now isn't he Oh yeah, I mean, uh, he was he was great all game long. He just knows where to put the ball. I think in the last few games, his radar's just been slightly off. He's missed most of the season. He's been slowly getting better and better. And you can see it even on um, Saturday. Even you could see he was getting closer and closer to just getting it right. Uh, the Gabby Jesus one that he just missed. Yeah, like you said, Mike. You know, it was getting closer and closer, and it had to come at, at some point. One player that has really, really impressed me lately, Walter, and who brought out a fingertip save from the keeper just one minute later was Danilo. Danilo was storming forward throughout the game, actually. And uh, when he uh, when he's not trapped up against the sideline and get the ball on his right foot, even though he's playing left back, he's a, a very athletic performer, isn't he? Well, I've said for ages, I mean, Real Madrid didn't sign him because he's a mug. They sort of saw that athleticism. And people who've listened back to the previous podcast, that's what I've sort of talked about. He hasn't got that burst of speed that Walker's got. So it kind of goes unnoticed sometimes. But Danilo, for me, is a fantastic squad player. 
And he's what, what I like about it is he's offering that competition now to the other fullbacks. So everybody has got to raise their game. <laughs> it's only good news for one team in the country. Ray, well, six minutes after Danilo forced that fingertip save from the goalkeeper, beautiful assist through to Gabriel Jesus, rounds two players and slots it in. What a goal that was to get us kicked off with. What did you think, Ray? Oh, it's fabulous. I mean, uh, the Danilo pass, very nice down the side. Gabby did a little shimmy, pretended that he was going to come back inside. And uh, he left Shane Long, uh, well, Long, sorry, not Shane Long, but Long, Long Kevin Long. dead. Kevin Long, that's it. He left him for dead um, and then uh, came inside himself sidestepped uh, another defender and then uh, Pope had been saving stuff with his legs and his body I think it was probably a little bit poor on his his part um, he just took his leg out and hit his leg and went in but it was actually it was a great goal and um, as we said at, at, at the time at the, uh, at the ground you could see Gabby he's, it's like he's playing with a smile on his face again you can see he's full of confidence he he now feels it's like he deserves to be to be there playing for City and uh, occasionally starting in front of uh, Sergio Aguero so that confidence is, and, and and the goals that he's been he's been getting lately. I think that's ten in six games. You know he feels really part of this team. And and afterwards, you saw the interview. He's he's got a smile. He speaks decent English, better than half the city fans who sit around me. <laughs> but he's he's got that confidence. He's got that smile, and it's uh, really showing through now. Yeah. What did you think of that one, uh, Walter? Gabby J. He's in a hot streak of form at the moment, isn't he? He certainly is. I mean, anybody again who who wants to sort of quote anything I've said over the last. Uh, Ever since we started making this podcast, I wasn't one to dig Gabby Jesus out ever because uh, what I loved about him, he always had the work rate and you could see that this is a young man, you know, um, who's finding his feet in a foreign country. You know, he didn't speak the language, but now he does. So that's automatically, you imagine going into work and only being able to chat to two or three people that speak, you know, Portuguese. You know, now he can communicate with everybody with his smiling as well. He's got those beautiful cheekbones sticking out. <laughs> I've never seen anything like him. They look like implants. But a lot of City fans have tried to dig him out, I feel, um, because he's not Sergio Aguero. And he'll never be Sergio Aguero. Um, you know, we're just, what a time to have two strikers like that as we approach in the, what I'd like to call was traditionally known as the business end of the season having two strikers that are battling it out and raising each other's game to try and make sure that you know notice me Pep I'm in this side I'm, I'm the one you should be picking so they're battling with each other and God forbid if we ever play someone and he starts to pair with them, we might actually hit the double figures, especially at the Etihad. Ray, on the half-hour mark, wonderful moment there when Kevin De Bruyne got the old nine-iron out and chipped one over the entire Burnley back line to Gundogan. Unfortunately, he uh, hit the keeper with it. And then 10 minutes later, same combination. Kevin De Bruyne down the right to Gundogan and again, keeper makes a block. My goodness, I mean, that foot of his is, is like calibrated deadly at the moment, isn't it? He's been getting into it for the last few games and as, as the game went on, he was just getting more and more accurate, more and more deadly. And he was uh, unfurling, uh, is that the right word? Unfurling um, his host of tricks because he was doing passes, chipping them through, passes along the ground, inside the fullback, down the line, all sorts. You know, the, the cross to Gabby Jesus, which we mentioned earlier on. You know, he has a full range of, um, of skills and full range of passes passes um, to, to break open any defence and as Walter said it's a great time to have him back uh, you know three or four months left of the season and everybody's coming back just about now you know David Silva's there you get, you're bound to get a few uh, little niggles uh, I think you know there's only company and Mendy who have got niggles at the moment and so the rest of the squad is, is uh, fit and raring to go so 
it's absolutely fantastic time. Walter, let's talk about a couple of our defenders because obviously we went in at halftime 1-0 and then there was um, that chance for uh, Vidra, I think his name was. A real error from Otamendi gets caught in possession and that's Otamendi and of course a couple of ricks from Kyle Walker as well. He, you know, he lost a couple of balls and then had a, a really bad tackle put in. What did you think of those two? Well, I could just imagine Cheeky was on the phone to... Uh, you can imagine him on the phone in the game to the uh, Barcelona president. <laughs> and uh, apparently some interest from there. And, you know, they're, they're negotiating a price. And they're, they're getting there about, I don't know, 25, 20 million. And then all of a sudden, Cheeky's like, I'm going, hello, hello? He's just <laughs> speaking to him. Just... <laughs> He's speaking to a dead phone, isn't he? Because Otamendi, that's, that for me was unforgivable. That was a schoolboy kind of error. Um, thing is, he wants more game time. And he's saying, Pep, you know, I, I need more game time. But that, that had been against most teams. And it's 1-0 one, it's at this point. And that had been the whole sort of halftime talk would have just been down the pan almost. Because you see... I'm not saying we wouldn't have won the game. I don't think it would have been five nil. They, you know, their lad. Well, it wouldn't have been five nil. It would have been five. been five one if their lad had finished it. You know, is uh, that would have given a Burnley side a bit of confidence. And for me, Burnley turned up. You know, when you see two dogs in a park, and then you see the big dog coming over, and it starts sniffing, and the other dog just rolls on its belly and goes. <laughs> All right, I'm here. I don't want to fight. That was almost Burnley were the dog who just rolled over. And, you know, I have a lot of time for Burnley. I like seeing a lot of northern, sort of small northern clubs um, in the Premier League because I think it's great for, for the north of England, really. So I like having them and Huddersfield and all the rest in there. And I don't think they took the FA Cup too seriously. I just think, hang on a minute, it's 5 0 last time. We're playing City because that was so undice like. It's just unbelievable. That was like Dice must have been putting his nice voice on, you know, before and after the game. So I'm not quite sure why they were like that, but Otamendi embarrassed himself, I thought. And. You know, he talks about wanting to move to an elite club. Well, they're going to be looking at that. And if he can't get in the city side, you know, how, how is he going to try and make his way to an elite club by dropping clangers and clangers like that? You know, the worst player on the pitch was uh, Kevin Long, you know. I mean, he, he, he was responsible for at least three goals by himself. So... Would City be interested in him? No. Would Barcelona be interested in Otamendi? Performances like that? No. Ray, did you feel that uh, Ederson really bailed out Otamendi there by coming out, making himself big, and uh, just forcing that shot wide? Oh, yeah, most certainly. I mean, it was like uh, Nico had um, gone in at half time for a pint of pints and he'd come out, like, you know, with, with some of the other fans who'd come out just a little bit late for the for the second half and he wasn't paying attention because, uh, as Walter said, it was a shocking bit of play, three or four touches. But then Edison, he, you're right, Mike, he, he came out nice and quick, made himself big and uh, Vidra just, I don't know, I really don't know what he was trying to do, hit it down um, uh, at his near post. I, I, I think there was a lot more space at the far post and he had so much time he could have gone round Edison he could have done whatever he wanted he could have you know sat down and made a cup of tea and still had a shot before um, Otamendi would have got back to him so I really don't understand what he was doing um, but yeah Ed Edison made himself big he did what he had to do and uh, thankfully uh, Vidra put it wide I, at that time I had my head in my hands as soon as Otamendi made that mistake because I thought it should have been a goal so yeah I mean I think Nico copied me as well because he put his head in his hands because it was a big rick Oh, it was. I think that Burnley striker just got a nosebleed and got all excited in that close to the goal because he weren't going to get a better opportunity than that. He just got all giddy. Fair play to him. He gone for that low corner, but at the end of the day, it's one of them where his radar. He's not an Aguero. You know, he's not an elite striker. 
should he have done better. You know, he's just taking his chance quickly before anything got too close. So, you know, it's just one of them, isn't it? He's a, a lower-end Premier League striker and just got a little bit giddy. Mm-hmm. Fabulous line on the 93-20 pod where Howard Hoggins says, not exactly a come-and-get-me call, you know, to Barcelona from uh, Otamendi there. But uh, one other player I just wanted to mention, uh, Walter, is uh, Walker. Now, he was uh, great in the second half coming forward, but uh, that tackle, uh, 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 very... A dodgy tackle and a, and, a, and a couple of badly misplaced passes. What do you think of Walker in this game? As I, I, Mike, I said to you before, unless Walker picks up his game, he's gone. I'm telling you now, we've got Danilo there. We'll just say, thanks for your service, Kyle, and we'll ship him out, I think, because you've got Mendy coming back, you've got Danilo there, you bring in, it's not overly difficult to be bringing in somebody else. You know, I'm not saying it's an immediate thing, but I'm saying if this form continues to the end of the season, I ain't going to stand for it. It's been going on too long. It's been going on all season long. And I know at the start of the season, the argument was that uh, Kyle Walker's only had five days rest between the uh, World Cup and then coming back back to City. And you can use that argument, but you can only use it for so long. Um, he's had so much time. He's had time out as well because he's been dropped. And he's come back and he's still making the same mistakes. And I think Walter's right. I mean, it, I think people have uh, obviously noticed. And um, if it wasn't, I th- actually think if it wasn't for Mendy being injured, Danilo would be playing right back. It wouldn't be Walker. And I think City will be looking for another right back. I'm actually been uh, speaking to some of my uh, journalist friends over in uh, France about a couple of uh, good right backs over there. And hopefully I'll, I'll do a video in the next couple of days about them. Uh, really exciting uh, players who are not making as many mistakes as Walker and who can actually uh, uh, better crosses and better dribblers than Walker so I mean Walker's basically a pace merchant that's all he's got I think me I think he's, uh, he's he's lacking slightly in confidence and I think he's trying he, he, he so wants to do well and he's not relaxing into the games I just think he's I think he's nervous to be honest just thinking he wants to impress and he knows that he's dropping clanger after clanger um, you know the guy last year was just so unbelievable quality and you talk about this rest and you say it only goes on so long but in certain respects that could be the start of, the, of his downfall that he didn't take a little bit more time because yeah you do have a rest but you're still in training you're still turning up you're still uh, mentally you're still in the zone you're not taking that time out to just I mean you know what it's like yourself that's why we all go on holiday you know if we're fortunate enough at least once a year just to tune out get a book sit there in the you know next to a pool and forget about everything you know and that's what you need and that's what Kyle Walker didn't have but I just think unfortunately for him he's trying too hard and honestly I just think Pep will just say you know thanks for your service Kyle blah 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 if he doesn't pick up he needs to relax into his game and you know you don't know what's going on behind the scenes you don't know if Pep's saying look you just keep keep doing your best for us Kyle and we're happy with that or you don't know just try and relax him into it or if he's looking at him thinking Kyle and Kyle can see the looks you know what it's like it's like when you used to go out with a girl in your teens and you could see her looking at you and there wasn't that spark in her eye anymore <laughs> and you'd be like oh no you, the, the check was in the post you know what I mean and maybe Pep's looking at him like that and Kyle can feel it we don't know what's going on in all seriousness so it's just um he needs to pick up his form for his sake well i certainly hope that he can turn it around one person who is not lacking in confidence that's for sure bernardo silva he was a sparkling little firecracker he was involved in, in pretty much all of the goals at some stage and on the 52nd minute he puts in the second with the aid of a deflection but ray what did you think of bernardo 
Overall, he had, a, he had another good game. Uh, as you say, Mike, he was uh, he was in and out. He was everywhere, zipping around. Um, nice, neat passes. We'll, we'll probably talk about some of his um, and, and assists later on um, in the game. He was um, he was buzzing around, and you know, I, I was a bit surprised that. Personally, I would have liked David Silva to play. That's who I actually thought would be playing. But, you know, when David's not there and Bernardo is, you know, Bernardo's doing something different um, to, to David. And uh, he's a pleasure to watch. He's, he's probably, I think he was our best player in the first few months of the season. And went through a little bit of a dip uh, when we we, we struggled uh, just before and around Christmas, and now he seems to be firing again, putting in a lot of lot of uh, kilometres. What do you and, think? What, what do you think was Pep's instructions regarding Maris and Bernardo? Who was on the left? Who was on the right? What was that all about? Well. Um, Maris started on the left, um, which uh, people around me in, in, in the in the second, I think we we're in the set, they'd moved us to the second tier of the south stand. Um, they were quite pleased because they said uh, you know, they felt uh, <laughs> um, he was just going to take his man on and put the crosses in rather than cut back in and, and, and do a safe pass um, back uh, backwards. So I think Maris definitely started on the left and Bernardo on the right. I don't know who out of those two decided to swap wings uh, my feeling it was Mares. Not, I'm not having a dig at him but I just felt wouldn't um, be like you'd have a dig at Mares, would it Ray <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be doing that don't want to be doing that it's not worth it um, for my health uh, to be making fun of Mares. but I think it was Mares because I, I just think Bernardo was doing much better uh, than Mares in that game and uh, I don't know why they swapped um, but second half it was back to Bernardo on the right and Mares on the left I think that's the way it should be Walter, where do you stand on this uh, whole Mares uh, debate? It's such a he's such a, a, a figure who really even talking about him is, is it feels like divisive. I'm a big fan. I I just hope that he can you know he is slightly selfish and sometimes you know takes a shot whenever he should pass and. 59th minute in this game great shot just a little bit wide of the post I love him but I don't think he's really fully integrated into Pep's way of playing yet I guess I wouldn't judge Mares yet I mean the thing you've got to realise is when Mares gets on the pitch he sat there or he stood there and in his head he's thinking right I've got to do better than Sterling and Sarney right I've got to do something and you wonder does he hold on to the ball to try and do that something special but if he was, I mean, I always think if, if he was doing that, when Pep bought him and saw the player that he was at Leicester, and we were lacking that sort of incisive um, dribbler, and I, I believe Pep's bought him for that reason. But you just wonder if, if he's overthinking things. And, you know, if we were all sat there, you know, when um, in February, or January, should I say, when uh, judging uh, Silver. Uh, Bernardo on his first season, you know, the club, the, the support base was divided again, but it wasn't as divided, I suppose, because Mares was the only big major signing and he was a big money signing. So automatically that puts a spotlight on him. So he's doing the do, you know, he's, um, I wouldn't be getting on his back. There's, if you're getting on a player's back, and you can see that they're trying hard. It's a negative thing to do. The only time I get on a player's back was when they don't look arsed. And that's when you start ripping into them. But, but if they're trying hard and stuff's not coming off, you know, what's the point? You know, you're just going to erode their confidence when we could have a, a world beater next season, but you, you've not because you've eroded his confidence this season. You know what I mean? It's just uh, he's not looking the £60 million player yet. 
But let's see how we, let, let, let's, let's reserve judgment. Mm -hmm. At Ray, one minute after that near miss by Morris, then Kevin De Bruyne stepped up and showed him how to do it. Beautiful <laughs> forward play, Danilo rampaging forward. Wonderful interplay between uh, Bernardo and then Morris did do uh, very nicely uh, a, a little sort of pirouette and pass into the path of KDB. And boom, that was a rocket, wasn't it? Morris had come inside from the wing and it, it was Morris who, who actually controlled the ball. He's probably with the Bernardo Silva, I think the best two players who can control the ball from ping from wherever and hit from wherever. Ever, and they just stop it like on a sixpence on, on the foot or on the chest. So it's Maris who got the ball and went forward. And then all that interplay that you just talked about it came through, Mike. And yeah, and as soon as Maris uh, passed to, to KDB, I, was, I, I said to Andy, this is, this is it. Because KDB had a, another, a couple of other chances where he just didn't have enough time to, to get a, pr a proper control and a good shot off. But you just knew he had the extra half a second or whatever it was. And as soon as he, he leathered it, you know, we were up and out of our seats because we knew where it was going. You know, you didn't expect him to miss and it absolutely rammed its way into the net. And uh, Pope, it, you know, there's no point in Pope even diving because he had absolutely no chance. It was a it was a screamer of a goal. And it's interesting to know, I think Kev scored four goals this season and one with his head and three of them from outside the box. So he's, uh, you know, he's basically taking the long-range shots for us and he's scoring some screamers. Yeah, Walter, uh, that's exactly right. One, one thing that a lot of people missed in that was um, it all started with Ederson and ping, just a beautiful shot. <laughs> and it couldn't have gone to a better player because... As we all know, one thing you have to say about Morris is he's got the most beautiful control of a ball, and he brought that down beautifully, and from there, it all happened. Did you see the, the role of Ederson in that goal? Yeah, I mean, Ederson brings uh, something to Manchester City that very... I don't even know another keeper in the world that can uh, just launch, you know, these ex, you know, ex missiles almost, you know. It's like heat-seeking missiles that find a City shirt, you know, and there's that much movement going on. But they must just train and train and train. As I said to you, I saw um, Edison practicing, knocking it, uh, knocking it out a couple of games ago because I got there early for some reason. I've no idea why. So I just thought I'd go down, sit in my seat, and watch. Um, what was, you know, the, the warm-ups and stuff. This is a kid who signed up. I think he signed up to 2025. And he's just got a little effort, you know, and just that vision as well when he's rolling, throwing. It doesn't really matter. He's got, he doesn't look for the short. He looks for the long and then starts to rein it in. So he looks for the long pass and then reins it into the short pass, if you know what I mean, instead of looking for the short pass and then the long. So this kid's sort of uh, got a quite a unique vision. And, you know, he passes it like, any any top midfielder I've ever, I've ever known, he's got a bit more time on the ball than a midfielder would have, but just he just manages to get it. He'd make a great Gaelic footballer. Um, <laughs> but uh, just looking at uh, Kevin De Bruyne, I mean, what he what Kevin De Bruyne offers more so than any other player that we've got. When you're coming up against these banks of uh, defenders, you know, uh, in normal games and normal situations that we arrive. And the pack in the box, and you know, some there has been games where we've struggled to break the team down and struggled to get in between them. This is a, this is a fellow who can get the ball from the outside the area and just like a traction hammer, isn't it? You know, just and it doesn't even have to have a great deal of lift. And the beauty of it is, it can do it with two feet as well. So as a defender, I mean, Kevin Long must be having nightmares. He must have woke up in a cold sweat for the last couple of days. He must be questioning his. Uh, 
question did he choose the right profession to go into after you know uh, the game at the Etihad because these lads absolutely embarrassed him and Kevin De Bruyne was uh, integral to that yeah uh, as you know I'm Mike Long uh, Kevin Long really didn't do the family name too too much good uh, and uh, no. Uh, uh, no relation of course guys and in the se- in the seventy uh, second minute of course poor Kevin Long it was because uh, we had that uh, another another example of the of Walter's uh, tunnel of chaos because uh, Kevin De Bruyne just fizzed that into the box it was going to hit somebody uh, either a City player or a uh, one of theirs and uh, Kevin Long it was and it forced a. Uh, an own goal there, and uh, it's just—it's hard to to say too much more about uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, what did you think about that one, uh, Ray? They just—it's like they kind of given up. I mean, they were three 0 down at that point. They were not coming back in this game, and um, for no one to track uh, K- KDB, just tiptoed behind them and strolled past them. No one uh, followed him. No, none of the other defenders shouted out that you know Kevin's gone or whatever. And uh, Bernardo just put the ball uh, behind the two of these defenders. Um, for, for Kevin to, to pick up, he looked up um, and just hit it across um, the six about the six yard line. And if, if uh, your, your uh, brethren, uh, Mr. Long, hadn't um, put it in himself, I mean, Gabby Jesus was waiting there to, to tap it in. Um, so I mean, it was in. It, it had, Long had to do something, and he just had to hope that his connection put it either o- over the bar or, or um, out wide for a corner. Um, sadly for him, and uh, he, he put it in the net. But I mean, it was. Uh, I think it was well deserved, I and mean, we, we created a lot of chances this game. It's another one of those. If we put everything away, we could have got eight or nine. Walter, it didn't get any better for poor Kevin Long because uh, ten minutes later we got a penalty. <laughs> what on earth? Well, what was going on? How did that happen, Walter? How did we get a penalty there two two words no communication I mean they must have just been that they must have just been that pissed off you know the 4-0 the, the down the thinking and let's get it right it was absolutely hammering down and you know they'd have been cold they'd have been wet the 4-0 down they're going out of the FA Cup they've looked stupid and they must have just not just you know when you just completely just I've had enough fed up has come into town and uh, it just encamped itself in the uh, Burnley psyche because that was embarrassing you know you just thinking <laughs> and he's just he's just held him back just thinking oh ref don't notice and you know the referee didn't give one in the first half it should have been given maybe he won't give this one old oh, bollocks he's given it so <laughs> it's just one of those where you just think what were you thinking he certainly if he's got a cat or a dog at home he probably went home and gave it a kick you know I'm, no he didn't I'm not advocating any <laughs> violence you know what I mean He'd have had his punch bag up in his uh, hung up in his garage, welly in it, you know. He'd have gone home and had a few pints of Guinness and just thought, right, that's a day to forget in the office, especially for him, you know. It was um, that's the worst centre half performance I can remember at the Etihad, and you know I've seen some absolute clangers in my time, but that. God, you know what I mean? As I said before, he must be wondering, did he choose the right occupation? You know, he might be giving his brother a ring and asking him, he's got his painting and decorating business and can he get a bit of work over the summer? <laughs> Ray, what did you think about that? Because I mean, it seems so straightforward. You know, let the ball go out or just stick it out for a corner. He was relying on the keeper to come out. So the keeper didn't shout that he was going to come out. Uh, and it, it's actually wrong of uh, wrong of Long to try and uh, protect the ball and shield it. And then he was asking the keeper to come out. Well, that's the keeper's decision. If the keeper wants it, he'll come out and tell him and uh, he'll, he'll collect the ball. And it was really funny. He just put his arm around Silver to stop him running. Now, Silver's a really 
skinny, slight build, uh, build, build of a guy. And he just stood there, turned around to the ref and just put his hands up and said, well, how about that ref? And, you know, some of our friends from down the road, uh, down the M62 or the A580, if you'd done that to him, he'd arched his back and collapsed and, you know, as if he'd been shot. Um, that's all, that's all you should really need to do to get a penalty. Just ask the ref, and a decent ref should give a penalty for that uh, obvious foul. Um, you know, grabbing hold of him, and I'm, I'm glad he did. I just thought he wasn't going to give it. I just thought he, he felt sorry. You know, the four 0 downs, a few minutes to go, um, and I actually thought he was going to feel really sorry for Burnley and just let it pass. But I'm, you know, I'm glad he um, he gave the penalty, give an opportunity for for Sergio to get another one, push himself even further away from everybody else. Uh, Trying to you know get up to his um, his new city record, um, sending the keeper the wrong way. Nice easy goal. Yeah, Walter, that's a nice segue into what we haven't talked about yet with the Gundogan VAR penalty situation. That looked a penalty, didn't it? But City fans have been, and some of the guys on the other pods are saying have noticed a reluctance to do what Ray said that David Silva did, and that is you get round the referee and you shout "How's that?" like Ian Botham, you know, and uh, that. Uh, didn't really happen and and uh, it, it wasn't given what did you think about that one um i thought it was a penalty but it's just one of them where it's frustrating because it just seems to be a pattern emerging you know um do you remember i suppose united when they were in their pomp they used to hound the referees and take it in turns as well. No, it was never one of them because then the re- it's easy for a referee to bat one away. They used to have five or six going up and they'd be contesting throw-ins, coin tosses. They didn't care. Everything was... But what that also does, I think, is puts a seed of doubt. Well, am I being harsh on these? Why, why are these guys like this? I, you know, I didn't get this last week. You know, and I'm not saying that that's right, but if every other team seems to be doing it, we're going to suffer. And I'm just hoping it doesn't happen, you know, in, in, in an important game where someone, we'll just take Raheem, for example. Not that this would ever happen. He gets <laughs> taken down in a box and uh, the referee turns around and says, no, and the rest of the City players just shrug their shoulders and go, oh, fair enough. You know, it's, it's, it's a thin line, I always feel, because I don't like the sea players chasing the ref because I think, for me, it's the laws should be the laws and the ref should be abiding by them. But we just don't seem to be getting that kind of rub of the green. When was the last time a player, a City player, hacked down a opposition in the penalty area? And we all went, oh, God, that's a penalty. But it wasn't given. Oh, you know, we're talking. The last dodgy penalty we got. Zinchenko. <laughs> no, Raheem, Divotgate. Divotgate, you know, he, he, but I, in some respects, I can see why the referee gave that because he's misseen what's gone on. That was a genuine mistake, you know, like uh, he'd have been embarrassed when he saw that at half time, but Sterling didn't go looking for a penalty. He just kicked the floor like some nutty, but you wouldn't expect a professional footballer to be kicking the floor like that. So, <laughs> you know, he has gone down, and, you know, the referees thought, well, he's gone down for a reason. He can see his body sort of shook. But I can't remember the last time one of our players hacked down someone and, you know, an obvious penalty. And it was like, oh, yeah, we're not going to give that. That made it 5-0, guys. City are really racking up the goal count now. It's just getting ridiculous, uh, all of these uh, multiple goal uh, wins. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about concerning this game, chaps? Yes. What's that? R.I.P. flag. Yeah. R.I.P. flag. Talk to me about this, Walter. <laughs> 
Carl Walker basically destroyed a flag and snapped it in two and they had to stop the game <laughs> while he went and found a new... They had to substitute him on. But they made quite a funny deal of it as in, you know, RIP flag. You know, they might have a minute silence for him. Good God, if this was a Liverpool, they'd be having a minute silence <laughs> and a vigil, you know, for, for the flag. And they'd probably blame Raheem Sterling somewhere down the line. No, on a serious note, though, it's uh, just... Uh, I think that was it. It was just a, one of those funny moments, an unusual moment that you don't often see at a Premier League ah. game or an FA Cup game. Did you see that, Ray? <laughs> yeah, no, we, we saw that. We filmed it because you, you got the Lino standing there and he's he's just shrugging his shoulders. He's not bothered. The flag's broken. Walker's jogged off back uh, up the pitch. The Lino's not bothered. The referee, he's not interested at all. So the flag's broken. Or, or We're not sure if it's broken or it's just, you know, come out of its mooring or whatever. And so the referee and the crowd are imploring him to someone to do something. But the, the Lino and the ref, they're not bothered. Eventually, the ref... He, he, he crawls over to have a look to see if he can fix it and obviously he, he tries to f- pop it back in place but it, it snaps in two and there's no way it's being fixed I and mean, he could have done that a lot lot sooner and you know the City fans were ribbing him for that I mean, it was ridiculous a dad with a, a dad with a hangover trying to do DIY. Yeah, that's, that's, did you, yeah, that's what, exactly right. Because did you see it? He was standing there. The thing is clearly yeah. broken in two. He's, he's got the thing in his hands. And he's, it's almost like, are, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to like push that back down onto the other yeah, broken bit and see if it it's going to stick together? Or what? I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> Honestly, it's like me doing DIY. I don't do DIY for toffee. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a ridiculous uh, aside um, to uh, a stroll in the park. Yeah, I think that that, that image of, you know, the, the drunken dad, you know, on, on a golf course, you know, something like that, just trying to, to, to put two pieces of, of, of wood together that obviously aren't going to go together was very, yeah. very funny. There was another moment at the end of the game when this um, when uh, a fella ran on the pitch and about 10 stewards uh, quickly got him and a few of them, uh, I think they tackled him, knocked him to the floor um, and then dr- and literally dragged him off. And as they were dragging him off, there was this little kid about five years old that had come running on as well, went up to Edison. Edison gave the kid his shirt. The kid ran back and the stewards very nicely, very gently got him back over the hoardings to go back to his, uh, his family. So you see, you know, uh, the difference of age. So a lot of people on social media saying, well, my kid fancies a shirt. <laughs> so you're going to get the next game. You're going to get in, invaded by, you know, five-year-olds. And <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what the stewards do. Okay. Anything else? On, anything else? Uh, either of you guys on this game? Uh, I think we, we, we fairly talked. I mean, we could look at Pep's reaction that he thought that City should have played even better, and I quite like that. You know, he, it's always good to reshow videos to players when they've won. Because it doesn't appear to be having a complete dig at them. You know, you just point out, you know, you know, Atamendi, you know, you did this, Walker, you did this. This is what you should be doing. So you get having that gentle kind of word with them without being totally pissed off as a manager because your team has lost, if you know what I mean. It's not done in any anger or anything. It's just pointing out little things, little things all the time to them. So it was quite interesting to hear... Uh, reaction. Yep. Well, guys, Newcastle next, Ray. How do you think that is going to go? Will that be the uh, attack versus defence onslaught under the them looking for a, a goal in the last five minutes? I can't see it any other way. I mean, the way Rafa sets his teams up, every time he's played City in recent memory, it's just been a damage limitation. Um, you know, just go out to defend, defend, defend. I think they've got a few players missing, so... 
I think Shelby's missing. Maybe some of their creativity is missing. Um, but I'm expecting, uh, we were talking, I think Andy was talking to a chap from um, one of the Newcastle uh, fan channels, uh, I think the Magpie channel. And, uh, you know, they're just expecting to get battered. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a battering because um, I don't think City, I think last season we, we haven't battered them in the last few games. It's always been quite tight. And I think it's going to be quite tight tomorrow. But I can't see Newcastle uh, trying to win the game I think he's just going to try and stay in, in it uh, hope to scrape a draw uh, but I, I expect City to, to win um, especially if KDB's uh, in a half decent form uh, I think City to win you know, by a couple of goals What do you think Walter how, how is that game going to go do you agree with uh, Ray on that? If you look at the past to predict the future you know we've uh, uh, Newcastle you know it's a great I mean, I, I like the, the Geordie Nation as it was, you know. I, one sort of city club, and the, the fans, whenever I've gone there, they've always been great with me, you know, and uh, I've, they've always been a, a good support to our place. Uh, and the whole that whole that whole institution has been shat on by from a great height by Mike Ashley, and he's the cancer at that club that needs cutting out because. There, you know, for the, for the grace of God, we could be having Mike Ashley in charge of us, and they could have had Shape Man. So, you know, this is a, a guy you talk about parasites before, you know, uh, with uh, the tickets, but the, this guy is just a parasite on a, just an uber level. And, you know, I, I saw a Newcastle fan was saying we should. You know, as football fans, you know, we should get together, you know, stop buying stuff at Sports Direct, you know, and um, anything you can do to make parasites like that lives a little bit more uncomfortable, knock yourselves out because, you know, a fantastic institution being dragged down by the likes of him. And then you get the likes of Rio Ferdinand coming up and spouting his normal garbage because he's got a bit of a self-interest in it. You know, uh, a great club who have fallen on hard times. They've got a great manager there and they they're, they're just paddling like mad just to make sure and pray there's three worst teams that go down. But, you know, it's just one of those things that no matter what happens, there doesn't seem to... The hope's been taken away from Newcastle because there doesn't seem to be a future without Mike Ashley there. They, just, they need to get, as a fan base, you know, they're doing all they can. They need to get rid of him. And, you know, let's see a decent Newcastle side re-emerge from the... Uh, from the ashes, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm confident that we're going to get a, quite a decent result. I mean, the goals we're firing in is it something like 29 goals since we last conceded? Oh my word! You know, the, the, this is a team now that we talked about that rhythm. We just seem to be dancing to the beat of Pep. And Rafa's going to come along. He's going to be that uber defensive, and that's you know what his resources dictate that he has to do. Because he's far too good for the likes of Ashley to be still there. And uh, God help uh, Newcastle when he goes. But I as much as it pains me for the Newcastle fans, but I don't really feel much pain for him because it's three points for City. I wish him the best for the rest of the season. And uh, But hey -oh, hey -oh, I can't see anything but a City victory tomorrow. Ray, look at the lineup for February. I'm just going to read this out to you. Yeah. Seven <laughs> fixtures. Seven fixtures. Have we got time, Mike? Sunday, <laughs> Sunday the ages. No, but look at this. Sunday the 3rd of February at home to Arsenal. 6th of February away to Everton. 10th Big of game. February uh, at home to Chelsea. Big game. Then there's uh, Middlesbrough or Newport in the fifth round of the FA Cup on the 16th. 
Then there's uh, Schalke. Uh, we're away at Schalke on the 20th. And then the EFL Cup final on the 24th. And then uh, the home game uh, against West Ham. Seven fixtures in, uh, what was that, from the third to the, in, in 24 days. That's incredible, isn't it? And they're all big games. And they're pretty much all games we need to win if we want to keep firing on uh, every every front that we're doing at the moment. And we just got to keep winning. I mean, in the league, can't be bothered about what Liverpool are doing. We've just got to keep doing our own thing. And we've got to keep picking up the three points, whichever way we can do it. Uh, and uh, But it will be nice to see you there, Mike, uh, at long last, at a couple of those games. Uh, yes, I will definitely be with you for uh, one or two of those. Uh, Walter, how confident are you that we can get through this absolutely heavy Tactic run of games without dropping points. Well, I think I think we can t- we can take a draw in Schalke. You know, uh, I think. But the problem is the problem for us is uh, I heard Ray talking about big game, big game, big game, big game. But unfortunately, because we're four points behind Liverpool, he's not wrong. Every game becomes big, if you know what I mean, because we can't afford to fall. Seven points starts to open up a gap. It takes the pressure off Liverpool. Four points, and they're thinking, well, we can't drop any because they'll be right on our coattails then. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of games to play, but as I was saying, we've got the, we've got the best squad in the league, and we need to utilise and use this squad. And... It, it, it almost makes the decision not to get a backup, as it were, to Fernandinho. This is a player that we're going to be relying on, relying on heavily. But um, it's too many. In some respects, it's too many games because you look at. I can just imagine it now. You know, the Champions League press are going to pull us to bits for not having you know a, a, a full crowd at Schalke if we don't get it because people have got other decisions to make. Do we go to Wembley? Do we go to Schalke? You know, and they're both going to be very expensive trips. You know, people have got other other priorities in life. You know, we've got food on the table, etc., etc. Roofs over our head. Kids need clothes, shoes, whatever. So. It's an expensive... So just because Manchester City are rich and they categorise that as a big game doesn't necessarily mean the fans are, if you know what I mean. So it's a lot of games and, and a lot of pressure. But if I had to have one squad to cope with that and one manager to cope with that, the <laughs> Manchester City. It's going to take some very careful squad rotation, Ray, isn't it, for February? Yeah, definitely, but... Players are coming back from injury. Uh, within a couple of games' time, hopefully, we'll have just about everybody. You know, as I said, there's only two who've got niggles at the moment, and that's Vinny and uh, Ben Mendy. And Ben Mendy's apparently back, so there's only um, company that we're waiting on. And then we've got as pretty much um, uh, a full squad, so there's going to be plenty of rotation. I can see Fernandinho not playing in the FA Cup, for instance. I mean, that's a, it looks like an ideal game to rest him. But I can sadly see him having to play in just about every other game just because we haven't got anybody else who can do a job like him. He might get a rest in one of the other games, but it is, it's, it's a bit scary to just to remember that when he hasn't played, we've lost. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of, uh, you just, in the league, that is, you just want him to keep playing, but uh, you want him want to look like a, one of those Duracell bunnies just to keep going on and on and on. Walter, I've just got two more things uh, on my little bit of piece of paper. Vincent Company extending his contract. That's a no-brainer for me. What do you think? Because some people have uh, expressed doubts about it. He's a fourth-choice centre-back and he's missed the Manchester City. Um, you say sentiment doesn't come into football, but I don't even think... I think it's a no-brainer. Sentimentally, absolutely. But I think 
Also, as a business, it makes sense because we'd have to go out and buy a player to replace him, number one. So that costs money. What player are you going to get in that says, yeah, I'll be your fourth choice centre back? I'd love, that's what I've always dreamed of. You know, we're pulling on a Manchester City shirt, you know, once every so often when I'm called upon, and I will be your fourth choice centre back. But, um, you know, time's ticking on that as well. So. For me, then you've also, to add more to that, is you've got Eric Garcia. And Eric Garcia could be dripped in as that fourth one. You know, if company's injured, get, get get that little bit of experience, that little bit of game time. He's a completely different player to um, to company. But as a fourth-choice centre-back, you know, it's... Uh, I just see it as a no-brainer. The other thing, talking about business and sentiment, it's good to have him round the club because if we want to keep hold of him, you know, to go on to be the the king of Manchester City because he can do whatever he really wants because he's a bright fella. The only thing I can see scuppering that is if Bournemouth or somebody out of the blue just goes, Vinny, three years, you will start every game that you're fit. Do you fancy doing it? Go back to Manchester City after your three years, but come and play with us. We need you. And at that moment, I just think, Vinny, I won't blame you. I mean, the thing is, his wife's from Manchester as well, which always gets that pull. I think he's going to live in Manchester for the rest of his life, to be honest. Uh, but I just feel that there's that sort of pull uh, for for another club just to get more minutes in his legs and more time. But that'd be a decision that'd be very much down not only to Vincent but to the company family. Ray, it seems such a simple thing to do because they're saying about Vinny that you can only get a dozen games out of him a season. But that's all nah, that, that's all that a fourth choice centre back would normally get, isn't it? What what have been his stats for this season? He must have had twelve or thirteen games no, already. No, he's had fourteen already, I think, in all competitions. I mean, and in in reality, if you look at the stats for the three seasons, the last three seasons, when he's had long term and regular injuries, he's been averaging nineteen games a season. So for him to already have fourteen, he's he's probably going to overtake the nineteen anyway. And I, I mean, it's you got to look where these stories have come from. There's some stories to say that the board. Uh, are reluctant to give him this contract extension because of his injuries. Now, you know, and I, I know that journalists are privy to more information than us, but I'd be really surprised if, um, you know, some high executives, some board members at Manchester City have decided to give, an, uh, you know, a private inter- interview to the Sun newspaper or the Mirror. I'd be really surprised if if they said, look, guys, you know, we, we need to tell you this, you know, Pep can say whatever he likes, but we'll tell you the truth. No, come on. Uh, for me, it's it's one of those. As as Andy um, um, put out a tweet a couple of days ago and he said 80 percent of rumours don't come true and a big proportion are just made up. 80% of rumours that I put out there don't come true. So, you know, forgive I, I, me I if I'm not agree with that. There's no way on this earth that 20% of the shite I read is true. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> mate, not a chance. Depends what you're reading, mate. Depends oh, what, you know. Well, that's, you were saying rumours. You know, you look at, I mean, that, this whole idea of, we, there's, there's an industry out there, and not just a small industry, a multi-million pound industry. Newspapers in this country are on their asses. They are doing anything and everything to get clicks and to get people to buy the papers. And if you put Man United on the back of your paper, you will sell a shed load of papers that day. And they're all sort of competing for this uh, ever-decreasing uh, circle of um, newspaper buyers so think you are being unbelievably <laughs> generous, may I add. 
I'd say about 5%, you know, just some of the stuff I read. But that's, uh, besides all that, you know, I completely agree with you. I can't see a board member saying, I've got a story I can tell you today because we seem to have plugged. You look at City, they plug pretty much all the leaks there anyway. There's something that would rot the boat in the middle of a season like that. I, I wonder if you've just put the kibosh on on what I was going to say as my last point. is is just that uh, Sam Wallace uh, in the Telegraph is reporting that uh, Schalke are on the, uh, on, the, on the verge of signing Rabbi Motondo from our EDS uh, for uh, 11 million, uh, Ray. What do you, do you think about that? I don't think it's going to be 11 million. Um, I think you're going to, have, you know, the, 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 see, it's very interesting to, to see the uh, the range of figures that have been put out there. Originally, it was eight to ten million. Uh, it, I've seen five to seven million euros, which is, you know, we're talking four to five, six million quid. Now you're getting 11 million quid. Um, Bayern Munich were interested. I think in reality, it's going to be. I suspect it's going to be about eight, seven or eight million euros uh, with a, a big buyback clause, which we're never going to um, call upon because I don't, you know, I love the guy, Robbie Matondo. I've uh, seen him play, he's, he's electric, he's so fast, but, you know, he, he might develop and fulfill some potential that I haven't seen. I'm not the best judge, but I don't think he's going to, you know, make it to where he needs to be to, to get game time at City. Um, you know, if you've got players like Brahim Diaz, who couldn't get game time at City, and Brahim Diaz was a step above Rabi Matondo, um, then what chances he got? So, yeah, I can see him leaving, maybe not for 11 million. And I think um, the, the kid wants to play. He's got to go out and play. He's just broken into the Wales team, uh, Wales um, national team. So he needs to go out and play. So, if it's going to be at Schalke, good on them. Um, you know, we've taken Leroy Sane off them, I think, if I'm right, for a little bit more than uh, seven or eight million uh, quid. But the guys, as I said, the guy's got to go out and play and good luck to him. And uh, I hope he uh, has a good career. Mm-hmm. Now, just the, the, the final thing I just wanted to mention or, or to ask uh, you guys, I've got to start with Walter. You've got Ole Summer Solstice on this great run of uh, wins and you've got Higuain coming to Chelsea as his proven goal scorer hasn't been doing it so far uh, this season but um, do you see these uh, horses uh, affecting the the top four race? Uh, They might affect the top four race but they certainly will have nothing to do with us absolutely nothing Uh, the only thing they might do is they might affect City in terms of whether they beat Liverpool or whether they manage to beat us you know, uh, but they won't have any effects on, they won't be leapfrogging us in the league, as it were. Um, Tottenham are just falling apart at the seams, you know what I mean? They're just... Uh, Out of two cups in one week, yeah. Well, it's not even so much that, it's the it's the, the idea of uh, Deli Ali and Kane, and this is a, a team that was just chronically under-invested, you know, in, in the summer. To buy no one is an absolute joke, because if you stand still in football, you go backwards. And, you know, they're starting to fall apart. You've got Arsenal falling apart. Chelsea are on a bit of a wobble. So, yeah, you know, they, they might, but at the end of the day, it, do you know the way certain fans from just outside Manchester, their expectations have been lowered and a top four finish is seen as a wonderful thing because you get Champions League football? Our expectations have been high. If, if we finish second this year, we'll all be devastated. If United finish this second this year, it'll be they'll be lying in the streets. Do you know what I mean? Because that would just be an unbelievable thing for them to do. So our expectations have, have risen and risen and risen. You know, and 
And they could bring in who they want. They, they ain't catching us. They've not finished up bubbles since Fergie left. And I can't see that changing any time What soon. do you think about them under Solskjaer? Uh, again, I haven't watched a great deal. You know, people were talking about Friday night, they were playing Arsenal in the FA Cup. I was like, on a bit of Netflix. Really just couldn't be arsed watching them, you know? And that, just, I've got other things to do, you know what I mean? Rather than sit there watching the history channel of two once great teams go. As somebody said, uh, which did make me laugh, it was two ball men battling over a, a comb. You know, it, just, it really does... They don't enter our stratosphere as such now in terms of league position finish. You know, in, in one-off games, yeah, they certainly do because they've got some great players and they're very dangerous. But I just think now we're a cut above them. And it's us and Liverpool who are going to be battling it out for the next few years. Would you agree with that, uh, Ray? I did watch the game on, on Friday because I still love the FA Cup. My missus was away. I had to look after the kids. So I've got to do summer. And so I sat down, tried to get my kids to watch um, the FA Cup. And they weren't that particularly interested. Uh, Fortnite or Minecraft is, is more their cup of tea these days. Um, but I think one of the things is they've got very, very good players. And there's no denying that. And I think when you give very, very good players a chance, some of them will take it. And there's no denying as well that, you know, um, Mourinho played in a in a far too defensive a manner, um, and now these players can. I think the, the 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 word at the moment is express themselves. The handbrake's being released, whatever uh, cliche you want to say. But they are attacking more. They are more dangerous. Who? You can still argue who they played. I mean, they played lower-level teams. They played a Tottenham team that bottled it. And they played an Arsenal team that... No defence. <laughs> ex- exactly. They've got absolutely no defence. And you could see it coming that, you know, you, if United held out, held off Arsenal for long enough, they're going to get the chances on the break and they'll score. And they did that, um, no matter how well Arsenal played. So, you know, until until they play Liverpool again, or us... I won't say they're they're you know they're going in the right direction. That's the best thing you can say for them. Um, but that's it. Well, they've got Paris Saint Germain coming up, haven't they? Oh, that'll be nice. We'll see. We'll see how good they are then. <laughs> what about Higuain? Is he going to turn Chelsea into a potent attacking force, Ray? No. No. One word answer. One word answer. They'll they might score a few more goals. They're going to have to change. Uh, I suspect they're going to change a little bit of the way they play. And as Walter said, they're not going to. They're not. You know, Chelsea, all Chelsea have got. For, for, the, for themselves this season is Cups and um, finishing in the top four. I mean, they're not going to really affect uh, who, uh, first and second unless they beat us. And that's it. So their goal for the season really is to finish top four and try and nick a cup. Well, guys, that's all I've got. Uh, should we wrap it up here, do you think? It's as good a place as any, Mike. <laughs> all right. So, uh, guys, we'll, we'll, we will indeed wrap it up here, but we can't go without expressing our considered gratitude to our two guests uh, first of all the one and only walter smith walter thank you for coming on so much i have very well i'm sure there's more than one walter smith <laughs> I, I get the sentiment thank you very much and the one and only man city fan tv ray oh thank you very much i'm sure there's only one man city fan tv ray uh, <laughs> <Right>, uh. <laughs> And that has been your Burnley review and your Newcastle preview and as much else as we could jam in there. We'll leave it right there and say, as we always do, have one on us and up the blues. He went from Genk to Chelsea when he was just 21 But joined the other 400 kids in going out on loan now, 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 when 
went to Germany, went to Germany, scored a lot of goals, scored a lot of goals, came back, smashed, it runs the game, but he's got a long name, so I just call him KDB. He's playing for Man City, he's better than Verlaney, KDB, probably gonna win the league, KDB, he's playing for Man City, didn't make it at Chelsea, KDB. Best player in the Premier League Wait, how do you actually say his name? I think I've been getting it wrong all this time The Brenner The Brenner Hmm, I think I'll just stick to KDB Even though he scores a lot He doesn't know how to celebrate And when he goes in goal He sometimes gets the ball in the face ke ke Kevin's gonna show you Show you, show you How to use Snapchat use you just press the button and then you go Say something, it's a video! KDB He's playing for Man City He's better than Verlaney KDB Probably gonna win the league KDB He's playing for Man City Didn't make it at Chelsea KDB Best player in the Premier League Best player in the Premier League. Oh, best player in the Premier League now. The celebration shot. No, no, don't say that. Ah, oh, ah. <laughs>